Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's Creator Chat. Uh, today, I'm here with Michelle Nicolaisen. Uh, Michelle, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I am a writer and creator. I have a lot of different projects across a lot of different mediums. Um, people who are familiar with me from podcasting uh, probably know me from either Unplaced, um, which I have the honor of working with Cole on. Um, <laughs> and that is a sort of like an urban fantasy slightly horror tinged uh show about a woman who wakes up one day to find out that she is invisible and no one can see or hear her and people are forgetting about her that first episode is just particularly horrifying to me (laughs) yeah yeah it's always it's always so funny talking about it with um like there was there so there was an event here in austin and i was like it's funny talking about it in mixed crowds where there are like clearly people who have mental health issues and then like also mm-hmm. people who don't and so i'm like yeah so i had this like i had the idea because i was like the most depressed some of the most depressed i've ever been in my adult life and was having like <laughs> what i realized where i was like disassociating and but i didn't know what that was and that's like kind of scary if that's no and they're like yeah. are you okay like what is happening on this <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's unplaced. And then I also have an alt 1920s actual play podcast called Serendipity City. Um, both of those are done with season one. I am doing my level best to get season two out ASAP, but, uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yep. It's been, it has been a year. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, would you mind being able to to talk about some of the stuff that has happened to you this year, at least in terms of uh, medical help? Because I know you've been going you've been going through a lot lately. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's one of the things. Um, I know that was one of the things that we kind of talked about because mm-hmm. I feel like I think for me, I hadn't thought about talking about it. Um, there's been mm-hmm. like a lot of conversations in and around audio drama about like privilege and access and who is given access to the community and who is like privileged Mm -hmm. in the community and um, who's like platforms are spotlighted. And I like, it's kind of like this, uh, it's one of those things. I think that like chronic illness and like health issues, like definitely Mm -hmm. has a spot in those conversations, but I like had not really thought about bringing it up. Um, and a lot of those conversations, because for me, like I have, so I have like, uh, a mystery GI thing going on, which is probably exacerbated slash complicated by endometriosis, which is like a disease that primarily affects people with uteruses. And so like, there's like the treatment, there's literally, the treatment is literally like, take specific kinds of birth control and hope for the best and or like wait until your symptoms are so bad that you can get a doctor to like do the the excision removal surgery um Mm -hmm. so it can cause like a lot of issues in the abdominal cavity like it can cause a whole bunch of just mystery stuff um right yeah and i was trying to figure out like how 
medical to get there. But like, yeah, so it's like, it's, it's bad news bears. And both of those things have been going on. The endometriosis has been, um, like kind of a factor for like most of my life. Like I started having, I think the first time I threw up from like, threw up from the pain of menstrual cramps, I was like 17. Um, so that's been like a factor for a long time. It's really, really flared in like 2014. And the first time that I had like the stomach stuff really flare up was in 2015. And so it's been almost on like an every other year pattern because it also flared really bad in 2017. And then like starting in about April or May of this year, like I've had kind of both of them flaring at the same time. And, um, and that's on top of like, you know, just like general life stuff of like my partner and I moved in together this year. Um, thank you. Like I like, yeah, just the last, like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like an example of my most steady year, but it's been, I don't know. I'm like a chaos magnet. Um, so we, so, so despite all of this chaos and dealing with a chronic, uh, physical illness, how do you find the time to be creative and do the stuff you love? Yeah, it's been, so it's definitely been like a challenge. And for me, it's kind of like, I think it's for me, I've been spending a lot of time like readjusting. And I've also like, I've learned a lot from, um, Aaron Kian of Love and Luck. He is chronically, he's also chronically ill. He's disabled Mm -hmm. and, um, but he's also like an incredibly prolific creator. And so we've Mm -hmm. talked some about this because what I used to do, I mean, honestly, like the flares and like just the overall state of it has definitely got worse over the years. And so what I used to do when I was younger was just like, get super obsessively into a project for like, weeks on end. Um, Mm -hmm. That's how I wrote my first novel. That's how I wrote um, Unplaced. I wrote Unplaced, like basically, all in one go um, over the course of like a month or the first season I wrote. And Mm -hmm. like, I think at that point it also helped that like I didn't like when I wrote Unplay when I wrote the first season I was living in Virginia and like part of the reason that I moved from Virginia back to Austin was because like I didn't I had a really really hard time making friends there for whatever reason um Mm -hmm. and so I totally get that yeah I, I wish we had met just, like, a couple months ago. I know. I think about that all the time. I'm like, oh, that would have been great. Even though I probably still would have wound up moving back to Austin, but it would have yeah, been so good but... just to have that experience. Um, but it's all right. We'll meet up one day. Yeah, someday. Someday. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I used to do, like, these obsessive bursts. Like, NaNoWriMo was how I wrote my first novel. And over the couple of years, that's over the last couple of years, that's got substantially harder because um, – like my energy reserves are just like much less predictable. And so for the struggle, the like struggle of the last like year or two for me has been figuring out some way because I don't, I also have ADHD. And so like Mm. that like obsessive burst of creating is honestly like the most natural, like the, the most natural thing to me. That's like how I want to create. That's how my brain wants to create. Like I want to get like super obsessively into something and like work on it for like two weeks, like at the expense of everything else, two weeks or a month or whatever period of time um, Mm -hmm. at the expense of everything else. And then be like, okay, that's done. Like now I get to put a bow on it and move on to something else. And when, but when like 
your energy levels, like your sleep quality, your like pain levels, your body, et cetera, is such that it's like, okay, like I had like a week worth of a week's worth of good work. And now like, um, now I'm like, probably not, you know, like I was, for example, I was getting, um, even with some of the stuff that has been going on this year, like I had Mm -hmm. got a pretty solid groove going on with like, the tabletop RPG game that I'm working on, which like we will be playing in the second season of um, Serendipity City. Mm-hmm. And then um, like all of this, then I had like a cyst burst in July and uh, all of like some the stomach stuff has been like in mm-hmm. August, I've been in the ER twice um, and like was held at the hospital for several hours for what was like supposed it was supposed to be like a routine procedure and mm-hmm. either the doctor botched it or like my body was just super unhappy but I woke up like and immediately started crying from the pain which is not supposed to happen uh <laughs> yeah it was bad it was bad news um so like I had been getting even even with like the day-to-day levels of like pain and management I had been like kind of getting into something of a groove and like Mm-hmm. Even that has been like hard to maintain. Um, the things right. that the things that I have been like kind of working on doing, um, at least in theory, like to be perfectly blunt, not a lot of that has happened like this month because August was just like a comical, like a hellscape of comical proportions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I've been keeping an eye on your Twitter. I can absolutely uh, verify that. God, yeah, it's insane. It's certainly been put through the ringer. Yeah, it was like the month started with like my dog going to the ER and then like being back at the vets the next day. And then like things just like went exponentially down. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the thing that the things that have like helped me even like with with some of the stuff going is um mm-hmm. Like having one of the things that Aaron and I talked about, so like full credit to him for this idea is making a list of like, like basing your planning off of your worst days. So not like an average day, but when you're planning, like, what can I get done? What can I get done this week? Assume that every single day is going to be like a bad pain day or a bad energy day. Or if you have like mental health issues, like a bad mental health day, um, yeah, so I was talking about this also with my ADHD doctor and one like she has this thing that she repeatedly says which is like if if something didn't get done, it's because something important like didn't get written down. Like she talks about how planners are useful for um ADHD people, which is a big thing for me. I have like it's sort of a very modified bullet journal um mm-hmm. and one of the things that she talks about is like everything needs to go in there um because ADHD people have like, it's like a running joke that we have like very little sense of object permanence. But if we don't like writing something down and having like a constant reminder of it makes it a lot easier to keep it front of mind, um, which probably applies to like neuroatypical or neurotypical people too. Mm -hmm. So she was like, well, one thing to remember is that like, you know, the thing I say about the planner and, but that also goes for like your illness. Like Mm -hmm. if you are planning stuff and it's not getting done and it's not getting done because you're sick then like you need to like write down that you're sick like you need to like 
put that reminder or like adjust the space that you're giving yourself for like daily tasks or whatever, like do something like that to make sure that, um, that you are constantly remembering like, Oh, right. Like I'm having like a major health crisis right now. It's actually okay. If I don't script like the next season of my podcast this week. And so like, I've been trying to combine those two things and sort of like keep them in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and another thing that I used to do was just like, just like is not doable anymore. Um, due to like the way that some of the physical stuff has progressed is that I used to like intentionally set goals very high and then be like, okay, Mm -hmm. like I'm setting this goal and I know it's a little ridiculous, but if I get like 75% of the way there, then I'll be fine. Yeah. But like (laughs) when it's like the third month in a row that you've done that and you're like not even hitting 50% of the goals and then you have like a massive crying meltdown about it. Like that is, um, less than I, that's maybe, maybe not a great, maybe something needs to be worked on a little bit. Yeah. Goals you're setting. Maybe, maybe that's not the best way to, um, keep yourself motivated, (laughs) you know, maybe. Right. Um, well then let's talk about this. How do you keep yourself motivated, especially during, uh, hard times such as these? I think, um, Let's see. So there's a couple of things. One of the things that I do um, that I find really, really useful is like writing down an idea as soon as I have it. And there's Mm. like, I I know a lot of people who feel like varying different ways about like, should you tell someone as soon as you have an idea? Should you like not tell someone? Should you, you know, Mm. et cetera. But like, and I honestly don't have a super strong feeling about that. I know that like sometimes it's Sometimes, like, I tell people a lot of the ideas that I have are based off of, like, dreams or nightmares because my brain is just, like, a weird place. Um, (laughs) And so, like, sometimes I'll tell somebody about it. Sometimes I don't. But, like, writing down as much as possible. Like, I had a nightmare, like, three or four months ago that's going to be turned into a story. And I talked about it. You know, I kind of got, like, general – because as soon as I – like was running over the idea in my head I was like oh actually this is like a very good story that plays with like some themes that I would like to play with like I think I can do something Mm -hmm. with this um but like I have even though I haven't had the time to write it which like I was hoping I would by this point but I haven't you know that's that was like before all the shit hit the fan um Mm -hmm. Like, I have a beat-by-beat outline. There's some stuff that I need to do. There's, like, some mild, like, world-building stuff that I need to do. And, like, some work on character outline or character, like, motivations and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, as far as the actual beats of the story or, like, what's going to happen, when, and to whom, I have most of that figured out now. So Mm -hmm. when I have the energy or, like, get that inspiration, it's going to be there. Um... The other thing is that, like, this, uh, this sounds, like, really cheesy, and this sounds extremely <laughs> cheesy and, like, personal development-y and new ag. but mm-hmm. one thing that I've noticed, and I think that other people sometimes do this, too, is, like, one thing that I've noticed is that I have a tendency to, um, almost use my hobbies as a way to, like, punish myself sometimes, like... Oh. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> I yeah, it's well it's like yeah, so it sounds really bad when you say it, but like I've noticed I I think that it's extremely common among people who are like driven enough or like motivated enough to have side projects, right? But it's like mm. 
there's this, it's like, oh, well, if I don't get this done, like, per this deadline, then obviously, like, I'm a fraud, and I'm a bad person. And like, I am nowhere near as talented as everyone else. And it's like, hey, hey, buddy, who made the fucking deadline? You made the deadline, you can change it if you want to, like, just fucking change the deadline instead of like self flagellating about like, and spiraling. Um, And this is like, this was like a realization that I had, you know, like, uh, I think, the thing that that made me I was like I really wanted to enter the Austin Film Festival contest this year Mm -hmm. um and like I didn't make it last year and I don't even remember why but like I said my life has like not been super stable for a long time and uh so I had this like I had a plan I had like two different things outlined that I wanted to submit and I still think that they're both good ideas um but like due to this just clusterfuck of like work stuff and health stuff and life Mm. stuff and like all of this stuff I like did I didn't have the draft done and it was like okay um I'm supposed to be starting like I'm taking like two weeks off which is the first time I've done that in like I don't know at least a couple of years Mm. like I'm not good at taking time off either um which I'm sure is a shock and and Like, I was taking this time off with my girlfriend, and we were doing, like, this nice little staycation, and I'm like, okay, I can spend, like, I can, like, this is, I can spend the first, like, two days of my vacation, like, obsessively writing this, and then possibly submitting something that I'm not even happy with, just for the sake of, like, sticking to an arbitrary deadline that I gave myself, that, like, like, what happens if I win this? Like, I don't... I love podcasting and like if it or some kind of creative writing or creative work turns into my full-time job eventually, like that's great. But I don't Mm. like I was self-employed for most of my twenties. I don't actually want to do that again anytime soon. Um, Mm. It's really stressful. It's exhausting. There are like good things about it, but there are a lot of bad things too. And so I'm like, why, like, why do I like, do you even do you want do you actually want to do this or do you just want to have done it so that you can feel validated like in your own self-worth and then it's like oh well I guess when you put it that way fine uh I will I will not run myself into the ground for the first two days of my vacation to meet an arbitrary deadline that I gave myself um and so that has helped like even though it results in, like, to some extent, it results in, like, less work getting done, it's it's much better for, like, like me as an overall person, yeah. you know? Um, to not push yourself and stress yourself out about something that you set for yourself. Yeah, like, and there are, you know, um, there are, like, other things that are really, really hard. It's, like, one of the reasons that... Um, I'm frankly, like, a little scared of, like, group projects is because of knowing that, like, my energy reserves and, like, my schedule because of that and because of Mm -hmm. having a chronic illness and a partner with chronic illness and, like, all of this stuff, um, I know that, that all of that is unreliable and, like, I do my level best to keep it from not making me unreliable, but sometimes that happens and I don't want to, like, let people down so that's like there is definitely like another uh part of it there Mm -hmm. which I still haven't quite figured out but I mean that's one of the reasons yeah like that's one of the reasons that I try like I that I do more work um 
either like on my own or with people that I'm like super familiar with and who I know will understand that like mm. you know your health comes first which sounds stupid because like it's sh- like obviously right like none of us yeah. are this is not our full-time most of us this is not our full-time job like your health should come first absolutely but not everyone necessarily gets that or is like always understanding of that yeah uh absolutely which is um definitely an attitude we need to we need to change um that you don't need to die for your art um yeah you don't need to like push yourself to do to do and make and create these things because if you're like overexerting yourself and you're too sick to work on stuff you're not going to be producing anything of any like quality yeah yeah well and it's like if you're you know even if you don't have chronic illnesses if you are like running yourself into the ground Mm -hmm. to the point where like you you know you can like making yourself sick like like stress and lack of sleep are both like major contributors to a lower immune system like all of these things are there. Yeah. Like it's something I feel like I see it a lot in um, startup spaces, but I also Mm. definitely see it like in audio drama, you know, like running, like working yourself. And I'm saying this like as much to like me as anyone else, but like working your running yourself, like actively choosing to run yourself into the ground. Like that's not something to be proud of. It's not something to be ashamed of either. There are a lot of reasons that people do it, but like, that's not, that's not a good thing and we shouldn't like hold it up as a good thing we can like celebrate when people are hard workers without like celebrating when people are running themselves into the ground too too hard yeah 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 i totally get that um uh another thing you had mentioned was that you are working on an anthology oh yeah actually that's like i guess that ties in well because one of the reasons that i was thinking that one of the reasons that i thought an anthology might work is because it's like a kind of storytelling that's very well suited to like taking Mm -hmm. long breaks if necessary um Whereas, like, with both Serendipity City and Unplaced, I feel very guilty at how long it's been since um, we have, like, been releasing regular content. Even though, I mean, I feel guilty while also knowing that this is, like, that what has, the way it's played out is, like, the only even semi-reasonable choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm working on an anthology series. Um, the IPM submission will be, like, in that, uh... Because one of the things that I noticed is that, like, as as someone with, like, ADHD, that having mm-hmm. having some kind of a finite endpoint um, to a project, like, helps me feel less stressed um, because I – excuse me um, – I have this, like, self-perception that I'm not very good at finishing things, which is, like, not even necessarily true – we could like get all you know therapy couch about where it came from or whatever i'm not even sure that i know but like that's definitely a self-perception that i have but there's also this like uh trying to follow up something that i've done is also like really stressful to me like the idea Mm -hmm. and i know that this is like an established thing that other people definitely struggle with of like okay like i did season one and now i'm like going to do season two and it's very different and i don't like what if everybody hates this um Mm -hmm. So, 
at some point, I think it was actually, honestly, when I had that, like, nightmare that I was like, oh, hey, this has, like, a very, like, a shockingly clear, like, narrative through line. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have, like, I have this huge list of ideas in Evernote, but they're all, like, short. Like, I have this list of ideas that are all things that would be like a one season story if they were an audio drama mm -hmm. or like a novella. And I had been kind of struggling with like what to do with some of them because there were some ideas that I had that would just be like a like one off short story. Um, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to do this in audio. I think that this would be especially good in audio, but I don't know, like, how does that work logistically, like with a podcast? Like, do I, am I creating an entire RSS feed for like, something that I know from the beginning is only going to run for run se one season, like which in and of itself is not necessarily a bad idea. But when you combine that with the fact that like, I want to do, I have like multiple of these ideas mm -hmm. and like, there's that. And then there's also, um, want like these, these shorter stories where it's like, I don't know. Like, I think that these would be cool audio stories, but like, I have no idea where the hell they would even live. Like there's not really, I don't really know of like another venue for like the equivalent of flash fic, but for like an audio drama episode. Um, mm -hmm. and so I was like figuring out, I was like, okay, I have this idea, this horror idea. I want to work on it. It plays with like it's like sort of a pagan horror. It plays with a lot of this, these themes and stuff that I've been wanting to like work on in a project for a while. What do I do with it? And then also looking at my other list of ideas and I was like, Oh, I think that I can like, I can fix all of these problems by like turning this into an anthology project. Um, and that way, like I can create these like one-off stories as I have the energy to, and if there is like, and like shorter stories in the meantime, so that there's less pressure to consistently be creating like whole seasons at a time. Um, and hopefully like that, that seems like a much, that seems like a better way to sort of long-term like manage my energy while also getting to work on some of these ideas that I have um, for uh, stories. That was a very long answer. Um, <laughs> all of my answers are no, long. No, it was, it, it was a great answer. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> perfect. So uh, uh, you said it was horror. Is it um, any particular type of horror or is it going to be just around a general theme of horror? What, what are you doing with it? So, yeah. So I think a lot of the, the stories that I have, like, I really struggled with the name for the anthology, which I guess I, like, already have the domain name, so I can say it. I haven't... By the time this episode is out, I will have, like, reserved the RSS feed, so I don't need to be paranoid, probably. <laughs> um, no, I want to... So I want to call it Goblin Fruit, which is a reference mm -hmm. to this old poem called Goblin Market. Um... And I am actually the most familiar with this poem from an episode of Doctor Who, which is like one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes, because it's just like, it's a standalone episode. It's kind of like mm. almost Twilight Zone-esque. Um, which one is it? Uh, Midnight. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was like, I was I was really, really stuck on ideas, and then um, I was brainstorming with Ryan, and he gave me some ideas, and there was one, I can't remember the name of it, but there was one that really got stuck in my head, and I was like, I don't, 
like logically this i this name sounds like a punk band name or something i don't <laughs> i don't know that it works logically for this podcast for but mm-hmm. like something about like the verbal rhythm of that is like i want to find something with that similar like word like shape um yeah yeah so like i had it like i was just like repeating it in my head for days on end and then randomly thought like thought of like goblin fruit which is like a sort of similar verbal rhythm and i was like oh that works really well because like that episode of uh doctor who is like sci-fi but it's also horror so it's at like sort of this cross genre the poem itself is like um like a very creepy fairy tale um Mm. it's almost like a horror fairy tale and like most of these story ideas that i have are like sort of at that like i was really really struggling naming stuff is hard i was extremely honestly yeah (laughs) um because i'm like how do you convey with a name like horror influenced and or straight up horror stories but like with magic but not like tolkien high magic like sort of magical realism um except like influenced you know from like a uh like a european pagan point of view so like not magical realism because that's like a very specific literary tradition but like urban fantasy but also like that's not quite it either like but also like not grimdark because like that's the one thing that i like for the longest time i thought that i didn't like any horror at all and i think it's just Mm -hmm. that like so much um so much horror is like there's a lot of there's a lot of bad horror um which i know is like not you know (laughs) that's not saying anything new but it's like there's a lot of horror that's almost like about like a disregard for like life or like it's about how like it's about how people are fundamentally bad and like I don't really buy into that as like a philosophical yeah. concept. Um so I'm like okay like I wanted to like have those tone like ha- convey like horror but not like oh like I'm an edgy like teen who shops at Spencer's. <laughs> So I spent forever, like, trying to think of something, and I'm pretty happy with that name, um, and I'm pretty happy with, uh, like, some of the ideas that I have. I'm really excited to start working on it, hopefully, once, you know, once I have, like, three weeks where I I don't have to go to the ER any, hopefully. Knock on wood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I would love to talk more, but I think that is uh, all the time we have for today. Where, uh, just, just one more time, where, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, um, you can find me, probably the most reliable way to find me is on Twitter. Um, I am at shellshock, um, at underscore shellshock, actually. So it's underscore C-H-E-L-L-E-S-H-O-C-K. Um, you can find links to all of my projects at uh, michellenicoliason.com, also my Twitter but I know that michellenicoliason.com is even harder to spell than the Twitter name that I just spelled, <laughs> realistically. Uh, so I think, I imagine that will be in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can find me on Unplaced. Hopefully by the time this episode is up, you can at least, like, subscribe to the Goblin Fruit feed and download the teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully there will be some Serendipity City content and Unplaced content up soon. <laughs> Again, knock on wood. <laughs> Yes, thank you. I don't have any handy. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> 
All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm very excited to hear more about this, this anthology. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.